0: Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host Dylan Watkins as he introduces today's guest. Welcome to the Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I have Troy Haynes. He is an entrepreneur, an investor, a biohacker, a consciousness hacker, and the chair of Transformers Technologies Australia. And without any further delay, I'd like to bring in Troy Haynes. Hey, welcome. Hey brother. Hey Dylan. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate making the time and uh I'm really excited to chat with you uh about all things transformative technology, uh specifically consciousness hacking. I think it's a very cool subject and, and and also there's probably some mystery behind that on on what that is. Uh and so um I would love to uh just first jump into and say, you know, what brought you into the the whole transformative spaces. What was what was the journey that you had leaving whatever community you're a part of to to really get involved into this transformative tech?
1: Yeah, man, cool. Um so for me, um I guess if I look way back, it was like my own personal suffering. And I guess that's Mm -hmm. the case for a lot of us that brings us to you know the path that we're on. And it's like looking for solutions, you know, like I figured there had to be a better way to to live. Like life just wasn't making sense to me. I found myself Overwhelmed, stressed, anxious a lot of the time, and and so for me it was it was that like really um, looking for ways that I could find um, that could help me move beyond my own personal suffering, mm-hmm. and like getting on that personal development path. It was meditation as a as a core day to day activity which really helped me to gain space from that mind-made concept of self, you know, that ongoing story that we have playing in our head, that self that just doesn't shut up. In meditation, I found I had some, um, I started to get some space from that. And it was from that, the stillness, um, sitting in that stillness that I found myself inspired by ideas and so forth. And that led me on a path to, um, into entrepreneurship, because I had ideas and and wanting to then like figure out how to commercialize those. And then along that path, I got introduced to transformative technology. Um, Once you're in that entrepreneurial path, like I had actually started a startup incubator um, co-working space, which I hosted for eight years. And then, yeah, it was led into transformative technologies. And, and from there, it's kind of led me to what I'm doing today, utilizing technology, Meditation, a whole host of different practices to help optimize and understand ourselves.
0: That's great. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is so interesting. Mm. So much for entrepreneurs. There is a pain that you're trying to scratch some sort of itch of your own understanding. That then has you go. You're trying to solve it for yourself. So then you just reflectively solve it for other people because you're you get so much time looking inwards that other people Mm. go. How do I? You know, much like a, a. you know, a guide on the path, you're like, you know, I'm not at the top of the mountain, but I'm like halfway up and you're at the bottom. So let me help you get up to this point. Did you, did you notice any of the mindfulness and meditations and things that you're doing? Because um, I think the, the 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 incubation part you're working with is called the space. I think was the name of it. Yeah. 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 Is, is that, is, did that serve you in that position? Um, being a part of this space as entrepreneurship, there's a whole bot, a whole bunch of like, um uh we'll just say internal suffering that goes around young entrepreneurs trying to get into the space mm-hmm. and so, uh, your space the space um and so is that where you were you able to leverage it there and find the gifts that you could actually repurpose your insights there or how did you navigate from from the 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 space into the transform technology labs
1: yeah great question and th- the 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 co-working space incubator was called the space and not like the space that you go to, but what I found is like, the more I was able to sit and hold my attention away from that, the self, the Mm. internal noise the thoughts, Mm. feelings that compelled us into action. The more I was able to hold my attention into that, into that, in that stillness, the more I um, um, was had inspired ideas. I, uh, had creative thoughts and, it, and that's why it was called the space because it was the space between you know the the authentic self and the that mind-made concept of self and it's from there that I had all these inspired ideas and it was like well it's one thing to have the idea but then how do you effectively commercialize it so that's where mm-hmm. we started building a community and you know we had to say it takes a village to raise a startup so well, look, how do we more effectively commercialize that, these ideas and where are all the where's the support structure to do that And so we started building out um, that like an ecosystem to help support that. but you're absolutely right. it's like um, meditation then became a daily part of my you know, my journey and it, in terms of problem solving and you know we can't think our way to the solution when, when you're in that like ongoing thought stream of just like, you know, the mind loops that we get caught in. I'm sure you've experienced it where you're just going around in circles or you're sitting in front of your computer trying to get stuff done and your brain stops working because, you know, you're in a high beta state. Mm. That's not where creativity, innovation, problem-solving happens. And so I really started learning around, like, what was actually happening inside our head in terms of, um, you know, relevant brainwave states and how to access those at will for for creativity, for a greater sense of connection to ourselves um, and instinct, intuition. Like there's What I learned is like these different brainwave states all have their different roles to play and a lot of people get caught in this high beta brainwave frequency. So learning around these brainwave states, practising meditation daily, um, being in the entrepreneurial um, space sort of um, it became... Uh, It was about six years into my uh, journey with the the incubator that I got introduced to transformative technologies. It's a movement out of San Francisco. And they were looking for someone to help support uh, bringing together or identifying uh, the key stakeholders within the ecosystem in Australia and plugging them into their international ecosystem. And so that's how I sort of got involved. And for me, they had a very similar vision to me like what inspires my life is to help elevate human consciousness and that's essentially what they're working towards as well is like using technology how do we apply technologies in a way that helps us to you know flourish as you know, uh, as a species because you know technology for all the good that it does not all technology actually supports our health and our well-being so how do we apply technology to the human so that we can you know evolve in such a way that um you know accelerate our evolution
0: absolutely yeah they often say that technology is a race between utopia and disaster right and if you can elevate them in the right direction then you're on the path one of the challenges that i've seen with people in the conscious space is being comfortable monetizing and Mm. and going into the space and one of the things where for young founders and people that are in the space they're they're very good at doing enlightened activities or meditating or things like that but when it comes to actually monetizing those things there's usually a lot of uh, negative stories or programmings or difficulties they would they would maybe rather shift into the area of meditation than they would go into that those more challenging areas of actually monetizing those types of gifts maybe they feel like there's um there's some sort of shame or guilt around it or some other activity where i can't monetize my gifts can you talk to me a little about bridging the gap between uh, bringing in consciousness awareness and monetizing um, uh, these types of transformative technologies
1: yeah i think that's a great point um that you bring up and there's a couple of things that i'll share on that one is like just the concept of for profit for purpose you know like um capitalism you know it's it's like any sort of technology any sort of tool you can use it um in it's like a a knife right a knife you can use it to make a beautiful dinner and you can also use it to harm somebody Mm capitalism is the same you know you can use it in such a way that it helps support people to grow and evolve or you can use it to suppress and manipulate people and so It needs more people that are, you know, on the the spectrum towards high levels of consciousness to be using these technologies in such a way that it helps humanity to evolve. So let's, you know, create things that actually really matter and from the profits that you make from that, well, then you can apply them in such a way that helps more people Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, others that are, you know, reaping the rewards of the capitalist system in such a way that um you know it's prof- profiting them but they're not necessarily giving back so i encourage those people that you know sort of are at that that point of wanting to do good um and build something but are caught on the fringe of like almost like being stuck because they don't want to play in in that system but the reality that i see is you know I see people they try to innovate everything, and it, it, you know just to create a, a an amazing product that helps to support humanity um, is, is fantastic. We don't necessarily need to change the whole system to do that. So I guess um what I'm saying is like, uh, if you are one of these people that you know you caught between you know, like wanting to create something really cool, but then feeling that the system is a little bit broken, well, then, it needs people like us to to actually use the system that's there in, in a meaningful way, so that we can, um, you know, reapply the the resources in in a meaningful way.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a great reframing of the narrative around that. To to say that yeah. the, the the more money you make, the more impact you can have. There's just from that's what I've seen. It. Yeah, just some of the things I've seen around that is that. Who is a it's a give and take by Adam Grant talks about there's you know the the richest people are givers and the poorest people are givers the problem is is that the certain people don't know how to how to fill up their own cup sometimes and then they'll run dry and then they'll run out yeah. and then they'll fall off the edge so the number one things I've seen with the people that are in the consciousness space like this is that they'll give and give and give and they don't know how to receive they don't know actually how to monetize it they'll run out of that and then they'll fall off into something that they have to they they drop down from maslow's hierarchy down to the base needs and then they do whatever they need to survive because you can't self-actualize when you're when you can't feed yourself and so that's one of the biggest challenges i've seen in, in the space is around that is how do you especially with uh, having an incubator that is one of the hardest things to do because it's not even with our, with our own cells, we are both the dungeon master and the player in the game of life. And we are, we are moving through it as ourselves, but trying to get uh, groups of other people to do it. Now you've got to get through not only your own, your own setback, but you now you have to, you have to get that through other people and get them to take those brave step forwards with a gigantic challenge. And so I think that's it's a good reframe. You're right. Technology can be used in multiple ways, but when they come to that spot, are there questions or uh, mindsets or thought processes that they could kind of reframe and get into or a meditative practice or a way to be able to say, okay, I, maybe I don't feel like this is valuable. Maybe it's really valuable. Everybody asks them to lead them through a meditation or lead them through something, whatever that might be, but they feel like they can't monetize it. Do you have a hack, a trick, a tip, a framework to get people to actually take that brave step forward? Uh, to try to inspire these 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 people that are aware or conscious to be able to monetize.
1: Yeah, I think a couple of things come to mind. So for profit, for purpose is a good statement just to have on repeating in your head. You know, like it's okay to make money and you can apply it in a meaningful way. The other other thing is like get involved in a community. Um, like it's hard to do these things by yourself. So get involved in a, an entrepreneurial community or like-minded community. There's a growing number of like, conscious kind of um incubator slash co-working space like i feel like to to some extent there's a there's a growing um trend towards um doing good in in the entrepreneurial space mm-hmm. um so get involved in, in a in a community but i feel like some people hide behind it too dylan like there, there comes a point where you actually need to figure out if the market actually wants what you you're selling, and just because you know it, it, you think it's a good idea doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually you know the market wants it and I see this a lot in the entrepreneurial space. people fall in love with their idea and they'll apply their resources and 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 they'll start you know it's it's actually really fun and to be creative and work on your website and work on your logo and develop your product. But when you're doing that in isolation, I see a lot of people do this. They, they sort of hide behind that because this is probably the bigger the bigger problem, the challenge that people have is like actually putting their idea out there in the marketplace and having people give them feedback. That's the thing that people tend to hide behind because that's where it gets real. because yeah. you find out like what, what's right, what's wrong with it. And then, you know that's ultimately what we want to be doing is get to market quickly with your, with your concept. Minimal viable product, and uh, something that we've developed as part of the work that we're doing is a uh, minimal viable data as well. And it's matching the the market validation with the product validation, so that you know, a does your product actually do what you, you say it's going to do, and b is, do people care? Do people want it? And and if so, it's a framework we've developed to move people along. And so, you know, like it's getting to market quickly to find out like. Because that's where you learn how to position it, what people want, what's right with it, what's wrong with it. And ultimately, you'll get so much of it wrong, but that's where you get the feedback and you can iterate on it. And so I that's guess great. I just want to give people a bit of a, like, hey, this is where it gets real. Like, you actually need to step up into yeah. this and put your idea out there. And it's not about having the right idea. It's just about having the courage to take on the feedback so that you can iterate. It's like evolution. You know like it's it's spitting out all these different options and not all of them um take form and, and, and continue on and that's what ideas are like as well it's about finding the one that's actually going to work for you sorry so powerful.
0: To... no that's great no no 100 no, percent. i wanted you to finish off that, that thought but you're you're uh Hundred percent right when it comes to so many people like the concept of plain entrepreneur. So many people yeah. like the idea of like the the sexy sizzle of to say the thing or have the identity around the thing. Um, you know everybody you know everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. So that whole ego death that they experience by putting their baby out there, they have this identity attached to their product. And if they put that product there, then they're, therefore they're not an entrepreneur. So they're constantly wanting to be perfect because they don't want people to crap all over their idea, aka crap all over their identity. And so that's the thing you're totally minimal viable na- data I've never heard of that you're totally right but say how do you take that brave step to get that feedback to be able to evolve um and and because uh, you need that you need that resistance you need to come up against that force to be able to kind of you know uh, sharpen your blade against the so the stone of truth um so I that all makes a ton of sense um and I, and I appreciate you sharing that feedback what about the 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 technologies these different transform technologies because there's a whole bunch out there there's ai there's biofeedback there's vr there's big data there's there's a plethora of these transformed technologies that are out there what ones excites you the most what ones are you, you do you personally light you up to think about either out right now or the next couple of years
1: Yeah, well, that's a that's a really good question. Like, I guess there's the ones that I use day to day now, which I think are are really cool. And we use them as part of the programs we've developed. And that's really like the neurofeedback, biofeedback. So it is a lot of the wearable technology um, because that basically helps us day to day to gather objective data that can help us to know ourselves better. Like and, and, and not just know ourselves, but then um, take effective action to to fix what's not working effectively. And ideally, you know, you need expert intervention or support to understand the data and, and apply it in a meaningful way. But you know, these sort of technologies are available. You know, you go back ten years, and no one had a, a personal EEG device to be able to understand you know what's happening within their brain and how their brain might be different to other people's brains. Um, and the same thing with a, a whole host of different biometrics, from HRV to you know heart rate and so forth, yeah, but that we can track day to day. Sleep is, is another one, and so a lot of these technologies are are, are about helping to know ourselves individually. Mm. But I really, I really love where the VR space is going. To be quite honest, because you know like when you look at VR, AR. Uh, excel where that's at today it's kind of like where the mobile phone industry were you know back twenty years ago in terms of the technology it's big it's clunky it's getting getting better, and the way I see it is like um when you look at you know virtual reality um Pretty soon, the line between the virtual and the real is going to become blurred because the brain can't actually tell the difference. And if you've had an experience in VR, you'll be able to attest to this. The the body and the brain goes through the whole motions through the processes of, of actually feeling like it's actually in that environment. And so as the technology gets better, like, our ability to be able to, you know, experience worlds which are potentially not real, is uh, is really exciting. And and then when you throw on top of that, you know, artificial intelligence or, or super intelligence, you know, like the line between artificial and real is likely to become blur- blurred. And then when you've got like a growing trend towards um meditation and a whole range of tools including stimulation devices um helping to put us into uh to shift our state into a more conducive you know alpha theta and even a delta brain frequency it's um it's enabling more and more people to disidentify with that mind-made concept of self so ultimately you know the Consciousness itself or what it means to be human, human experience moving forward is is really going to shift and expand in in ways that we probably can't even imagine now. And it's it's these exponential technologies which are helping to enable that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you touched on a bunch of great points there. I'm gonna I'm gonna break these off just a little bit of time. So one, my my whole area is virtual reality, and that's my jam. I run a dev studio. I've done it for a number of years, and I do a lot of things and transformative work with VR tech So I completely agree with you. And there's a lot of powerful things you can do with that. Um, the 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 neurofeedback, I do want first before I go into these other areas, touch just just uh, so people have a, a clarity of what you do. You you're with I am connected. Could you please explain a little bit of your company? What that does, and what do you mean when you're talking about neurofeedback technology and expert intervention?
1: Yeah, so using there's a whole um, a growing number of neurofeedback devices. So it's um, technology that measures brain frequency, mm-hmm. so it me- helps to understand and measure the state. And like typically, we move through you know five predominant brainwave states throughout the course of a normal day, from being wide awake to being sound asleep. And the waking state, which is a a high beta state, is the state we're in when we multitask. But the thing is when we multitask in today's modern environment, there's so many things pulling on our attention that our attention gets fractionated. We end up in this high beta state where we lose our effectiveness because our attention's all over the place. And um, I'm I'm sure we've all experienced that. You know, you get into the office or into work and our attention's being pulled all over the place, whether it's, You know, internally from, you know, distraction and interruption, wanting to, you know, check your social media or check your emails or externally Mm -hmm. being distracted by, you know, colleagues, work, workmates and so forth. So that puts us into a high beta state. So what we do is we teach people around this essentially and we're able to track from being wide awake to being sound asleep, uh, our brain, brainwave states through. Wearable technology, so track the sleep state, because a lot um, we move through the same states as a, as a sort of a, an apex in high beta, and we we move down into um, you know through alpha, through theta, through delta in, as we go into a deep sleep, uh, rest and recovery, and then as we come out of sleep, we go up into beta again, but teaching people how to regulate their state, again, using neurofeedback device, teaching meditation. Mm. And so this neurofeedback basically enables us to help train and and teach people, you know, what what does it feel like to be, you know, stressed, anxious and overwhelmed, and and then give them an intervention, a practice to be able to consciously bring their attention down out of that into more of a flow-like state, Mm. into, you know, an alpha and even in theater and in, in that we we have a greater sense of you know connection to ourself that uh, separate mind made sense of self the noise the thoughts feelings those mind loops they tend to become more background or or disengaged so we're able to just dwell in that stillness it's almost like to be at rest and it's in those states where we get inspired thoughts so it's using um, neurofeedback to help understand uh where uh the person's at like um and and that can be a variety of different sounds from like pouring rain when you're in a a busy beta state into you know birds chirping when you're in a relaxed calm state so it's that association
0: beautiful so you're able to help people gain awareness by using technology the the mental states that they're in and you bring them into a a more useful productive um compassionate state which then allows for the expansion of consciousness which allows you to be able to kind of tap into the universe lack of a better term and be able to pull source the the information that's needed versus that myopic monkey mind focus that really restricts the options and so if you can help people by using technology to become aware you can then say okay you can become aware these are what the different states feel like these are the states Mm. you can go into and then you can say okay if you want to solve this problem this is the xyz this is the different route to get up to this side of the mountain and this is how you get there by using these technologies and so you help shortcut the awareness because otherwise they could be meditating or they could be doing those other things and they don't fully understand what state they're in. They don't understand, they have feelings and sensations, but without a guide to say, okay, this is where you're at. This is what you're doing. It's, it's more of a wandering path without an actual direct route. Is that somewhat close? I try to. Yeah.
1: I, I think that's uh that's a pretty accurate in, uh, reflection. Um, Cause ultimately like, and you're talking about people that are actually meditating a lot of people aren't even, meditating so they're they're existing in this monkey mind throughout the day and that often brings in they bring that dysfun- that monkey mind dysfunction into their sleep so they're not sleeping well then they're not sleeping well so they're tired so then they bring that into their waking state and there's dysfunction there and it becomes this really n- negative loop mm-hmm. and so we can intervene in that firstly by just measuring hey this is actually what's happening for you in sleep mm-hmm. and this is what your brain looks like. Um, throughout the course of a normal day, and just teaching them around the brainwaves. And so then we can start providing, you know, interventions to help make their sleep effective, which then makes them more effective the next day. But then, hey, inevitably your attention is going to get pulled all over the place. This is a, a range of different interventions to teach you how to move out of that high beta monkey mind state and into more of a flow alpha, more of a flow theta. And there's things that you can do in an external environment to help support like you, your state as well. So there's an inner game component and then there's an outer game component that we call. Yeah. And it, it, it might be, though, that with this technologies, the technologies that we use, that it shows that um, there's actually a deeper level of dysfunction that's occurred because they've been, you know, on this a rabbit wheel this hamster wheel for way too long and they've started to cause biological damage to their body or their their, their hormone system and so that's when we need to then move into like bio testing, like biohacking looking at ways that we can support the body's natural recovery um yeah. whether it's gut health whether it's you know um, ho- um hormone health
0: yeah, the, the physiology affects psychology, and it's a two-way street. I smile because I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy because I smile. But it, it's really, it's not it's not one directional. Uh, you get feelings, and you apply stories. You have stories, you apply feelings. Uh, so that, that makes a ton of sense. Have you, have you tried working with virtual reality for this type of stuff? Have you tried hooking up VR and biofeedback? Have you tried just VR by themselves and putting them, inducing them in flow states with that type of stuff? Do you have any experience with that, or are you...
1: There's some really cool VR
0: applications
1: like that are coming out. Trip is one. Tripp, you know, they they have um, daily meditations, which is in a very um, immersive, three-dimensional world where you know it's guided meditation. So more and more applications we're seeing in um, the virtual space.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we have hooked up, um, you know, EEG devices um, just to. You know, just playing around to see what's happening. Yeah. Um, don't necessarily need the VR for for that at this stage, but it's all very interesting. Like if someone we can verify that what's actually happening in the VR experience using the neurofeedback technology. So it's like, yeah, this is actually really cool. Um, you don't need the neurofeedback device ongoing for that, but there, there's definitely a ways that we can look at integrating those moving forward. Yeah. Um yeah, so there's there's a whole range of different, um, you know, as a, you know, someone with a VR studio, I'm sure we can uh, um, agree that like where this is going is is really exciting, the application of technologies.
0: We're, we're on a roadmap, you know, it's, 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 VR isn't the pinnacle, it is, an, it is one step along the path to the journey of where you want to go, the fully integrated self, right? So it's it, yeah. AI, biofeedback, VR, all this stuff's coming together um is incredibly cool I'll tell you about one experience I mentioned on the the last podcast but I'll tell you because um I don't know if you ever heard about her Mary Lou Jepson I don't know if you ever heard that name before um Hmm. uh, there was this there's this I'll I'll tell you what I'll I'll tell you who she is not even a 60 second story blew my mind freaked me out gave me chills and I sent it to a bunch of smart my smart friends that can you verify and they said yeah this is true so at 3 a.m., I was on a subreddit, and there's, this, there's a subreddit thread that says, Girl and Vets, ex-head of research for Oculus, creates AR VR telepathy. I go, oh, interesting. So I watched the video. Names Mary Lou Jepsen. Um, she left Oculus to open up her own company. I, call, I think it's called Open Water, Blue Water, something like that. Um, but at the Oculus Labs, she took the uh, VR headset that was like a toggleable augmented reality VR camera thing, but inside the headset, she put an array, she put an array of uh, camera lenses. And the array of camera lenses, if you put a camera lens up to your finger, you can see the blood flow. And so she put them all inside the headset, and which basically operated at a functional MRI machine inside a VR headset so that you wow. could actually see. Uh, the brain functions inside that. So what happens when you put someone inside these different states and you do mm-hmm. it for an hour, you do it for a week, you do it for a year. What happens when you have thousands of people all doing that and you're using big data to look at that to the mm. point to where I could I could feel a thought go, oh, you know, uh, you know, Troy's a super awesome dude. And just think it, it could turn it into text, send it over to you and it could translate that to you. And actually mm-hmm. translate that into audio, and that would be mm-hmm. AR, VR. And she said that you at some, you could even at some point write on top of it. But she's like, we'd never do that. She got a little squirrely at that point of the video, but it was very mm-hmm. interesting stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, she left, and she went off to go do her own thing. she's one of the girls that invented um, holograms, like back in the day. And she was wow. doing speed of light calculations with her hands, like, oh, this chick's too smart and i'm not smart enough to know if this is true or not so i sent it off and my friends were like yeah that's 100% true so it's it's not like out out yet but i heard it's a functioning system and something to kind of look into the horizon as you know things to look for
1: dude and that's this is why you know like why consciousness you know like consciousness is the big domino um you know i feel like if we can help elevate human consciousness I and mean, we now, now now we need to more than ever because the technology is getting so so advanced that you know it can be used to manipulate and enslave and control people and so we need to make sure that we're applying it in such a way and the people that are you know on the other end of those technologies are doing it in such a way that it helps to elevate humanity as opposed to enslave them and that's it that's like i love hearing that story but there is a dark side like we talked about before you know like a knife is a technology and it can yeah. be good and it can be bad. Um, and it's it's ultimately very exciting. You know, I'm also uh, supporting or involve, and involved in you know, tech for dreaming, which is um, a movement. Um, Brian Gillen, um, he's one of the senior product developers at, at Aura, product um, managers at Aura. And at it's Aura, like... Aura
0: Ring? Is that what you mean? Yeah.
1: Yep. Aura Ring.
0: Cool. I, have, I have a question about that, but please continue.
1: Yeah, so that's about, like, the ultimate goal there is lucid dreaming on demand. Like, we talked about before in terms of I Am Connected, helping to measure people's sleep state and and make that effective. But That's just, like, the beginning, right? Like, ultimately, we should be happy and healthy, and that's, like, level one, managing our day-to-day state so that we're in a state of well-being, managing our sleep so it's effective. But then beyond that, it's like we can start exploring the dream realm in a way that's not been possible before. And, you know, lucid dreaming has been scientifically validated uh, to be a a real phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And so to be conscious within our dreams and to consciously explore the dream realm is a reality. And it's like, how do we apply technology to make that more accessible to more people? And I feel like the only reason it's not at the moment is because most people are still just lost in the monkey mind and as we help people step out of that noise then it's like well then this is a, like a new frontier that starts to open up to us it's like expanding the human experience beyond just like waking up going to sleep going to work waking up going to sleep
0: yeah uh, yeah the, the uh, people people th- think we're thinking machines that feel but we're really feeling machines that adapted thinking to get you know connection you know and really uh social uh collaboration. Um with the aura, I had a very unique experience. I don't know if you'll be able to answer or Brian will or any of these things, but I'm gonna throw this out there. We might go on a bit of a woo-woo territory for a second, so bear with me for a half a beat. Um, cool. Back in 2017, I got to go on one of my dream trips where I got to spend two weeks in the Peruvian jungle uh, with me and my two co-founders um, uh, uh imbibing in plant medicine, um, for several sessions. Um, and when we went to go do that, I actually, uh, went through and I was doing a, uh, journaling. We're actually going through this kind of personal development course at the same time. But, um, while on, uh, plant medicine, I actually had the aura ring on. And so I did five and a half hours of REM sleep. It was the weirdest thing when I looked at my data feedback where normally, you know, you have that REM sleep peak for a bit mm-hmm. and it dropped down it went up and straight across for hours and i and i felt like i connected to the universe and cosmos and i felt like i was in a slipstream tunnel and i was mm-hmm. and i was diving the cosmos and i and i totally don't understand it but i was it was a very unique experience and the data was crazy on the device and i was not I, but i but again i'm not an expert in the area i thought it was fascinating i had the ring um, it was the old big, big, bulky one, but I don't really understand what that data meant. But it's very. Uh, so I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. But you're talking about lucid dreaming, you're talking about the aura ring, you're talking about this. Mm-hmm. I felt like I would just bolt on my own personal experience and just and say, do you have any thoughts about that, or what that could mean, or what your takeaway from that might be?
1: Yeah, I, I do have some thoughts only because we've done a lot of the similar sort of things, um, mm-hmm. even with EEG devices on um, and the aura. Um, five hours of REM, like REM, typically um, would, you know, it's it's basically when you're in REM sleep, you know, essentially a body's in a state of paralysis. So you you must have been like effectively re- really still for a long long period of time. Um, the yeah the 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 data is um, is interesting. Like I've seen it on my own set. Own data. Typically, for me, it's really the deep sleep that gets activated because when when you look at um, the brainwave states, delta is the like, the deep, dreamless sleep that we go into on the sleep side. On the waking side, though, as well, you can still access delta, but it's really deep, profound meditation. It's it's prayer. Like when you really experience it, prayer, you can access these deeper delta brain frequencies. On the other side of delta, delta is like zero point one to, to three hertz. So there's there's not much um, there's high amplitude. They're really slow waves. Mm. Propensity that's happening in the brain. On the other side of that is there's no brain frequency. So ultimately, it's like death. And people that have had near death experiences when they cross over, you know, they have these mystical experiences. They cross over. My experience with like psychedelic journeys is that there's that same crossing over that threshold into the other side and when you look at the EEG data there's a high propensity of of delta Mm -hmm. which on an aura shows up as deep sleep because it's a similar sort of thing on the sleep cycle so why it showed up as REM like five hours of REM I'm unsure man but that's all very at this stage it's such an early thing that's what I love about this because it's like it's data gathering, and sharing, it's learning, and exploring, yeah. and it's like for me that's what consciousness hacking is. You know, we're exploring consciousness and yeah. what it means to be human, or well, not just even just human, but yeah. to be conscious. It's it's yeah. wild.
0: Yeah. yeah, it is wild that uh, it is that uh, we are aware of us being inside the the game that is life, which is a really weird, weird, trippy thing. Um, and yeah, I, I have no clue what it meant, but uh, but tying those pieces together, I, I had to ask. Um, Let's just touch on consciousness hacking. Can you please talk to me a little bit about what what is the definition of conscious hacking to you and 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 how is it how is it a, how is it currently applied and where do you see that where do you see it going?
1: Yeah, it's actually a term that I've um, borrowed from the work that Mikey Siegel um, has done. It's actually a movement out of San Francisco. He was uh, Mikey Siegel was the found, is the founder. He was one of the original founders of Transformative Technology as well. Mm. And essentially, whether he uses it in such in the same way as I do, but typically for me, it's like it's most of us um, get caught up in that. The, the, the separate self, the mind-made concept of self, which keeps us separate from, from you know, ultimately who, who and what we are. And as you go down the rabbit hole with meditation, personal development, you know, plant medicines, you start to see that I'm not that ongoing stream of thoughts and feelings in my, in my head. And it's like, well, what are all the different ways that we can, you know, explore and know ourselves um, as the individual self but then as a as as we spend more and more time in the stillness we come to appreciate that we're more than just that mind-made concept of self and we're actually you know we're part of a whole We're, we're one consciousness and so for me, consciousness hacking is a the disidentification with that mind made concept of self and all the ways that that can happen, and technology can help support that. Uh, meditation, a lot of the ancient practices, um, prayer, there's you know, yoga, qigong, lots of different practices that can help with that. But then also, um, you know, psychedelics, there's a psychedelic renaissance that's happening at the moment, and you know, they can all. How we're looking to apply them is integrating them all, you know, like doing plant medicine without any effective integration, you know, it's kind of its own form of escapism and and abuse, I think, to some extent. It's really what we learn is that you you can, through a journey, experience yourself as the unified self, as the whole, and essentially experience what we're ultimately part of without any, sense of doubt it's just like beyond the mind and beyond words but then here we, we come back to this separate self and so what i realize is it's really about having these experiences but it still comes back to you know coming back to optimize this individual sense of self in such a way that knowing what we're part of and potentially well in my mind what we're evolving to which is that unified self and how do we apply technology how do we you know apply meditation how do we utilize play medicines in such a way that as a collective we go wow this is where we're evolving to like how do we explore know ourselves like what are all the things that we can do around that and and for me, that's what I guess consciousness hacking is. It's yeah. like it's really just knowing ourselves—the separate self and the unified self—and bringing those two together. Beautiful.
0: Um, it's a beautiful uh, explanation. It's de-identifying uh, with the individual self and and recognizing that not only we, uh, you know, an individual, completely autonomous, but we are also part of the collected whole. And ultimately, we are this united entity ultimately do you do you feel that consciousness originates from within or from without are we an antenna beaming down consciousness and connection or do you feel that we are solely everything that we get is from within our brains and then there's and there is and there it's not outwards what are your what are your thoughts on that
1: i'm not a neuroscientist obviously but um, my, my personal experience with this is that you know our consciousness permeates everything. You know, it's, it's, we're, we're, yeah, it's ultimately within, it's without. It's like, it's a very good, good question. Like, are we, does the brain, you know, give us consciousness? Well, I, I I don't align essentially with that. That doesn't feel real for me. Knowing that I'm part of a whole, um, feels real to me only from the experiences that I have and even just simply by sitting in meditation. Mm. And so I, I think that it's, um, well, I my awareness is that it's um, consciousness permeates everything and it's, we are an expression of it and it's it's through us, I guess. It's learning, it's, it's, exp- we're ex- it's expressing itself and we're just an expression of the one,
0: but I'm I am not a neuroscientist either I'm just got a lot of questions so not I'm not I was like I wonder what he thinks about this um what is what is your holy grail ultimately for you um working with I am connected everything you're doing with the transformative tech and all this stuff ultimately do you have a holy grail purpose with everything that you do and envision and in game something that you are seeking towards towards the end of all this effort
1: yeah, I guess um, It's it's potential. You know, ultimately what is our potential? And like I, we talked about before, I talked about, you know, like super intelligence, we're creating super intelligence through artificial intelligence and that's going to blur the line. So same is virtual reality and um you know, some people would even attest the fact that we are actually in a dream world now we're actually in a simulation, just a highly advanced simulation. And there's ways um, that you can potentially even test that, that that's actually real. And I've had, um, uh, maybe may not be time today, to, maybe yeah. I'll fly and chat to you about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: but um, then meditation, we're just identifying with this mind-made concept of self and you know psychedelics. There's a psychedelic renaissance or a plant medicine renaissance that's happening. And that's expanding our, understanding of consciousness itself and essentially what we are so really i feel like the future is going to be fast you know like it already is and it looks like really evolving into our potential and as we lift um human consciousness as we we and for me that what that looks like is just taking teaching people how to separate from that mind-made concept of self and then working towards healing the traumas that we all have and it's like becoming like ultimately like what we are what we're here for like a tree like an oak tree you know as the seed of potential and it grows into this beautiful big oak tree and you know it realizes its potential like so many of us as human beings don't and it's like imagine a world where where we did like if we individually and collectively started popping and realizing our potential and knowing that we we get to have this separate experience which is the gift like to to be in the separation but ultimately know that we're part of a whole as well and just you know play and rejoice and and work together to to evolve into like what is our ultimate potential and for me that's where where it's going um, but it starts with, you know, where, where we're at is like most people are suffering because they're over-identified with the the mind-made concept of self.
0: That's Awesome. So then your holy grail is to help humanity evolve into their ultimate potential? Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful.
1: And, and it may not even be human. Um, <laughs> it's
0: AI.
1: <laughs> well, it's consciousness itself. If everything's consciousness, mm. it's really consciousness, right? That's probably like... The futuristic thinking like there's a great book by um Max Tegmar called Life Three Um that's worth checking out.
0: Oh, I don't think I, mean. I haven't seen that one yet. uh that sounds yeah. great. I'll check that for sure. Um what is so if that's your holy grail, what is the dragon you must slay in order to get there? What is the what is the beast that you maybe fear that you can't overcome in order for that to happen? What is what is that dragon? Is there some, you could, is, there, is I feel, there, yeah.
1: Yeah, I appreciate what you're saying. I feel like it's uh yeah. What comes up for me is like, I guess, is um, cognitive bias. Like the world that I, cause I don't watch news and I don't tend to buy into um, any of the, the trauma or like the, the fake news or any of the, the stuff that's peddled online. So I, I can sort of bring myself into a utopian world where I think this is ultimately gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but then there's the awareness that um, not everybody's ready for it. And there's, there's probably other people out there that are pushing a, a different agenda yeah. uh, where the utopian world may look like to them enslaving humanity. And um, I guess that's the dragon. Like we live this as part of being in this separate experience is that it's a world of duality. There's, you know, there is the light and the dark, the good and the bad. And like the journey that ultimately I feel like I'm on is, is the layer up from that and bringing humanity into that is, is to realise that, the, the light and the dark, the good and the bad—they're all part of the, the one whole, and it's—it's it's not about pushing against the other. It's they're all—it's all—it's all one. So, not sure I've effectively answered your question. It's just day to day and day by day, just doing the next.
0: It. it was a very honest and, and true answer. I, I saw you reflect in, and again, it's what's coming up for me? You don't have a pre. know none of these questions are prescriptive none of these things are are, you know it's just it's just what comes up into the moment and you're right the 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 cognitive bias the 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 frames the narrative stories that people tell themselves about technology being evil or not embracing that or wanting that it's it's people not wanting to have their own ego deaths to evolve into what they can become is is people refuse to let go of that and i think you're 100 right is there's there's the the challenge of in order to evolve humanity it it has to be willing you can't force it if you force it you're a villain right if you inspire you're a hero and so the challenge is not everybody is willing to take that brave step into the scary unknown so um i appreciate you being honest and uh and truthful with that that's that that resonates with me um Mm -hmm. i know you i know you have a hard stop although i'd love to continue talking to you so as we come towards the end of this is there anything else You'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you and more about what you do um
1: yeah i guess that if you know like suffering is not you know ultimately pain can push us where we need to go and you know we can get caught in the the day-to-day suffering um of thinking that we need to be somewhere different than where we're at when really you know like that can be the the gift you know, like. That can be the thing that's pushing you where you need to go, and so um, I guess just honoring wherever you are at, but no, never lose hope um, because you know the pain is trying to get get you where you need to go. Um, yeah, I know it did for me, and I know it has for for so many others. And um, yeah, because. You know, like the space outside the mind or outside the mind-made concept of self is um, a place where you can actually see this. This separate experience is is the gift because ultimately, we are, we are whole. We are part of a, you know, a, a something that's bigger than um, our individual self, and so it makes this separate experience the gift.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, the, the pain is helping you where you need to go. I love it. Um, and Troy, if people want to find out more about you, get a hold of you, find out more about your company, where, where would they go to do that?
1: Uh, best place is probably just iamconnected.com, uh, just our website. Um, you can reach out through there. I, I
0: am iamconnected.com, beautiful awesome uh troy this has been an absolute pleasure i appreciate your time thank you so much uh, i very much enjoyed it um have a beautiful and blessed day and i'll see you on the other side
1: thanks man i appreciate your opportunity to chat it's been awesome
0: yeah me too take care now brother see you bye. bye thank you for listening to the heroes of reality podcast check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes While you're there, you can also take the hero's quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire
1: others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.